It's five o'clock. It's five o'clock on the most listened to sports talk show for your right home. What? what? It is time for the Falcons report. Whoa! Guns it. Caught. Touchdown Atlanta in the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. You shall not pass. The five o'clock Falcons report. Oh my heavens. The five o'clock Falcons report is brought to you by Jack Daniels. Make it count. Jack Daniels. Please drink responsibly. And sponsored by MD Anderson Cancer Center on Dukes and Bell. We are Dukes and Bell. We start off every day and every hour by saying, hey, hey man. man, happy Wednesday. A lot of stuff going on, including the trade deadline. Three o'clock tomorrow. Are the Hawks going to do anything? There are some deals pending, which we'll talk about coming up. Here. Ah, mush. Yeah. Uh, also today, Roger Goodell giving a state of the state, talking about all things NFL. And, Mike, he did say today, despite – several high-profile pro- officiating uh, controversies this season that he doesn't think it's been any better in the league. And it's got a lot of people going, well, what yeah. is Roger Goodell watching? What is he seeing that we're not seeing? This was a direct quote. I don't think it's ever been any better in the league. And we played it for you earlier. We'll play it for you here in a second. But he says, are there mistakes in the context of how many calls and plays there are in a season? Yes, they're not perfect. But officiating never will be. Well, I think that's a lame excuse to say it should have been, in my opinion, Mike, how can we get better with the bad calls? Right. When he makes a state of the league address every year, you know, he kind of covers a lot of ground. And some of it you kind of roll your eyes. You know, you talk about the hiring processes. You know, he, he works for the owners and he can't force the owners to hire minority coaches, even if sometimes they're the better hire. So he, he spins that one when Jim Trotter asks a question. But, you know, when he does the state of the league about officiating, you and I talked about it earlier. Maybe you shouldn't chop up the refs, uh, teams, the crews that work together. Maybe the, the, the line judge isn't as good as the other line judge. But let's keep the crews together, maintain, Carl, that integrity, as opposed to cobbling together, so, quote-unquote, all-star crews where guys don't know each other, are unwilling to overrule bad calls, and you get games like the, uh, the Chiefs and the Bengals where the Bengals get hosed on a bunch of calls, some nonsense, and the officials just sit there rolling with it. It becomes like a flag fest. We're talking about Roger Goodell because it's the first time we've heard from him as he does this every year at the Super Bowl. We will talk to our owner, guys. Arthur Blank is on the way at 545. So all things Falcons coming up here in just a little bit. Um, Before we get to Goodell speaking about the officials, we also want to acknowledge, if you're just joining the show, um, we spent a lot of time today on on LeBron James, and we'll Mm -hmm. certainly get back into it. Uh, um, uh, An incredible moment last night for LeBron, breaking the all-time scoring record. Kareem's there. It's a who's who in L.A. to witness, (laughs) pardon the pun, LeBron break the all-time scoring record. He had 38 points. He needed 36 to get it done. And we're simply asking you today, is he the greatest player? And a lot of great debate today about this and where this milestone now puts him. So we'll get back into that as well. Do not worry. Let's hear Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I'm just. I was. I'm sorry. I was talking to Bo in my ear. Apologize. Go back. All right. No, I was going to say. Let's hear Roger Goodell talk about this officiating. These are his words today about it. Well, I would disagree with uh, several of the points you're making in there. So, yes, we listened to all the voices. Let's just start with that point. But we'd like to go to the facts ultimately. Huh? So, just to take your point, are we losing people from the field to the uh, the booth? Uh, there are some that never even officiated on the NFL field. And so we didn't lose anyone. May have lost them from our office, but we didn't lose them from officiating on the field. Others are taking on that responsibility at the end of their careers. So I do not think that's a factor at all, zero. Uh, I think for us, when you look at officiating, I don't think it's ever been better in the league. There are over 42,000 plays in a season. Multiple infractions could occur on any play. Take that out and extrapolate that. That's 
hundreds if not millions of, of, of potential fouls. And our officials do an extraordinary job of getting those. Are there mistakes in the context of that? Yes, they are not perfect and officiating never will. But we've also had obviously replay and other aspects that help us address those issues to make sure they're not uh, something that uh, we can't correct on the field. <sighs> we, we have the technology to be even more accurate than we are. And I understand Goodell's rebuttal, okay? But, but let's just think about what happened in the AFC Championship game where the Chiefs ran a play on third and nine. It ends up, you know, being short of the sticks. And instead of being fourth down in a punt, the Chiefs get to replay the down. A lot of people saw that, Mike, as like, what the hell is going on, right? Right. Now, the officials tried to explain it as best as possible. And Tony Romo and company, they got a lot of crap because he was like, what's going on, Jim? And he was losing his mind. <laughs> But the reality was it looked suspicious. And here's what I get back to again. Yes, mistakes are going to be made, but we should be limiting those mistakes with the technology we have. Number two, when you have these kind of mistakes in big games, Mike, it just makes people, specifically football fans, wonder, so the fishing is going on. Well, that's just it. I mean, guys, as we've learned over the years, the NFL, for all the money they make, they don't put a lot of money into the things that they need to. Right. Let's be honest. The officiating is one of those. I mean, I'm not saying that you got to fire everybody, but I think there needs to be more accountability. It just seems like once you're in as an official, you're in for life. You know, the average uh, experience right now of an NFL official is 11 years. And I know there's some good guys and I think you guys watch games and you know the refs, which move it along. Unfortunately, some of the better refs are on television now, like Mike Pereira and Gene Steratore. Yeah, they moved on. But if you listen to the games or on the radio and you hear Arch and West, and Arch is losing his mind. If you're at the games, the things that drive me crazy is, and they tried to do a little bit better this year, and maybe they're getting there a little bit, you don't need to go to the rigmarole of the official review. Why don't you have a guy in New York immediately or wherever he is who's competent, right? Where do they hire these people, Carl? So you're looking at the game. You see the call. The ref blew it. Immediately get on your headset. Hey, man, we, we change of play. It's a, it's, a, it's a first down. It was a catch. And as opposed to why does everything have to take five minutes? That's my thing. The, the replay, and then sometimes even with replay, they don't get it right. Who are they hiring to do this work? That's Look at the medical stuff with Tua, a completely different thing. It was also brought up in the State of the League address this, uh, this afternoon. The Tua thing with the concussion. They go through all this dog, p- protocol and dog and pony show, and then you see Tua hit his head, and he's back on the field for the next play. The reason why this is so important, it's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. The Falcon Report also brought to you by our friends at the Georgia Hemp Company. Fall in love with the Georgia Hemp Company this Valentine's Day in store, guys. Decatur, Duluth, Sandy Springs, and Woodstock, or head online at thegeorgiahempcompany.com. The reason why this is so important is because the NFL is now in bed with these, these companies. Gambling. That are promoting gambling. And the reason why Goodell is being confronted with this and will continue, and it's a big deal, sports fans, is when you're in bed. You can say this is great when you're not in bed with DraftKings and FanDuel and Caesars Entertainment and MGM and all these. You can say, hey, it's great. But when your officiating is being questioned and it becomes a center point for the season, and you've signed deals that could be worth over a billion dollars over four or five years in the NFL with all of these companies – you got to answer these questions. You got to make sure that your guys are getting it right. And I just don't want to hear, Mike, that, you know, well, it's better than it's ever been. <laughs> I, I, that's not enough for me. Yeah, and you said it. I mean, you're telling people through your advertising sponsors, and again, they're spending money, and you're telling folks, bet on our games. 
because we're going to give you a fair. This isn't the WWE, okay? (laughs) But but when you watch some of these games and you're sitting there, look, it's the same thing with MLB. They can't even use replay the right way either. But in this case, you've got the technology. I just don't understand how you can sit at home on your Barca lounger or in a sports bar and you can see it and yet they still get it wrong with all the tools and all the all the technology that they have access to. And to me, for Roger Goodell to sit there and tell you it's – no. Yes, I get it over the course of a season. But look at the, look at the Falcons. Look at us alone. The Grady-Jarrett play. That's, you know, Rich McHale tells, oh, we don't need a review. Yes, that's another thing. Pass <laughs> interference has got to be reviewed, and you've got to review roughing the passer because fans don't even know what a tackle is anymore. See, see when that's a thing, that's another thing, Carl. I wish I could have been there to ask these questions of Goodell. When you don't even understand the rules, how is your sport going to grow? And that's what they're dealing with now because they've created this monster in the, in, under the guise of player safety. Yeah, so it's, that's true. 404-741-0929. It's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. Uh, I do want to mention this because we've got our guest, Jeff Fadoten, coming up. Uh, he is at the Super Bowl at Radio Row uh, in, in Phoenix, and he's going to talk about the Chiefs because he covers the Chiefs for the Believe Network. The Lakers, Jazz, and T-Wolves, Mike, are in discussions on a three-way deal, mm. three-team deal that would send D'Angelo Russell to the Lakers, Russell Westbrook, and a draft pick compensation, maybe a first-round pick to Utah, oh. and Mike Conley to Minnesota. Mike Conley Jr. has been in Utah for a while now. So my point is, guys, there are things being talked about. The reason why we're bringing this up, we spent a lot of time at the beginning of the show today talking about the loss last night to the Pelicans, which was, you know, typical, right? Right. Close but no cigar. DeAndre Hunter doesn't show up. What are the Hawks Mm. going to do? And I truly believe if you're going to change the course of this team, you got to make a deal. we got 30 games left. Yeah, and I don't know, man. I know they they were empowered and they were streamlining their communication process last (laughs) night, but DeAndre Hunter couldn't hit anything, and and the Pelicans did everything in their power to give you the game back, and they just couldn't, couldn't take it in those last five minutes. All right, coming up, we're heading to the Super Bowl. Does our next guest believe everything we believe about why the Chiefs should feel confident heading into this game against the Eagles? Find out. It's sports. The strong arm story of the day is brought to you by John Foyt Associates Personal Injury Law. Coming up, Arthur Blank, owner of our Atlanta Falcons, is going to join us 545 right here on Dukes and Bell, exclusively on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. All right. Let's talk to a guy that knows the Chiefs well. Mike, you said you're rethinking your Chiefs bet. Yeah, I want I want to believe in Mahomes to that ankle, but let's, maybe this guy will talk me off the ledge because the Eagles defense sounds formidable. Jeff Fidelton, he is with Believe Network, host of the Believe in Chiefs podcast. He's at the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday, right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. All right, Jeff, tell me why. Okay, just an innocent bystander. <laughs> tell me why. All right. I should believe that the Chiefs are going to be able to maneuver this particular Eagles defense, that they're going to be able to score points, and that the Eagles will not be disruptive to this Chiefs offense because it's the one thing that everybody keeps talking about. Give me a reason or two why you should believe that that's going to happen. First of all, love love the believe references, the, the double on talker there. Nice right. work. Um, I'm, I'm going to say just uh, – you know that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, and he's also the best quarterback the the Eagles have faced, particularly in the playoffs. You know they they were able to feast on Daniel Jones, and then Brock Purdy obviously got hurt. Um, so, and if you look at the two quarterbacks, you know Aaron Rodgers had a little bit of a down year, put up a lot of points on him. Dak Prescott, he threw a lot of interceptions, uh, put a lot of 
points on them. Uh, so I, I think the Chiefs are fully capable. The Eagles have a great defense, but of putting up points. The problem is, and I'll, I'll put it out there, bro. I, I bet on the Chiefs a lot. You guys were terrible <laughs> against the spread. You guys did not cover. And all I'm looking for now is is one and a half. But it just it just seems like, uh, and I, I every week, and you know, if some guys have a narrative, my narrative is someday they're going to miss Tyreek Hill, and they haven't missed him yet. But is this the game they may miss him? You know, that, that's a great point, uh, and especially, you know, the receivers are going to play. McCole Hardman won't, but they're still a little banged up. So you're right, this could be a game that they could miss them. And, boy, the, the Eagles have a great secondary with Bradbury and Slay. Uh, Gardner Johnson, one of the leaders in interceptions this year, seems to be back from that injury. So, yeah, that's, you know, this, this I think is, I'm expecting a great matchup, a very close one, and you're right, they, they could, they, they very well could, finally miss uh, Tyreek Hill in this game. We're talking about the Chiefs angle of this Super Bowl, guys. Our guest covers the Chiefs, uh, Jeff Fadoden with the Believe Network. I, I, uh, I'm i looking at this Chiefs defense, and I know they got after Joe Burrow in the championship game, right? I mean, they were able to get sacks, and he's running for his life. Okay, so what does Spags do in this game that he's able to come up with a game plan to make Jalen Hurts feel uncomfortable? Yeah, I, I think he's this time he's going to, you know, he brought a lot of pressure against Burrow. I'm expecting a lot of pressure again. Again, the Eagles obviously have that great offensive line. But uh, Hurts, there's some stats, some next-gen stats that, sh- that have shown that he's a little bit better um, with no blitzing than facing the blitz, uh, unlike someone like Mahomes who has, has been statistically so awesome versus the blitz. So I, th- I think Sp- Spags, he loves that's what he loves to do uh and i think this is going to give him an excuse to at least test it out and bring some pressure we'll we'll see how you know they have such a terrific offensive line i think lane johnson might be a little bit con- concerned he had a pretty bad injury that would if it, if it wasn't a postseason run would have knocked most linemen out right i mean chris jones put on a show guys we're getting the kansas city angle right now with the jeff fedoten from believe network and the podcast as well I mean, that was an unbelievable display against the Bengals. I, I know that, uh, and we talked about this earlier, the Eagles defense, it doesn't seem like there's a, a weakness. Will they try to run the ball? Because it's almost like Kansas City sometimes. I, I know you've got Pacheco. And, I, will they try to maybe do something different and establish the run for once in this game? Yeah, absolutely right. Because if there's one, that Eagles defense looks so good. But if there's maybe one weakness that they've shown is against a run, they've shorted it up a little bit with – with Sue and Linval Joseph, but yeah, that's going to be an interesting thing. I would think it would benefit them to run the ball um, and, and also keep a very good Eagles uh, offense, you know, on the sidelines. But I think we've seen that sometimes Andy Reid gets a big game. He gets a little bit pass happy. Mm-hmm. He's a little reluctant to go to the run. So I think that's going to be something uh, uh, worth watching because I think that is a matchup they could potentially exploit a good run blocking Chiefs offensive line where and a potentially a little bit of a leaky uh, Eagles run defense. Something to watch. All right. Uh, we talked a lot about these offenses and defenses. What about the special teams for the Chiefs? How is that going to play into this Super Bowl? You know, um, so all year that has been kind of a weakness. Um, but then they, they were great in against the Bengals. They had Sky Moore, who had uh, muffed a lot of punts earlier in the season, had a key um, punt return to give them good field position, set up the – the game-winning drive and Bucker hit the game-winning field goal, hit, um, hit a big, a couple big field goals. You know, something to watch. One of the issues, the Chiefs played at State Farm Stadium in week one and 
Harrison Bucker, I was talking to him, he took so that he could boom kicks. He took, he started 11 yards back, uh, farther back than most kickers. And during that stride up on that, that turf, he hurt his ankle. So that's something to watch. He's shortened his stride to, um, to five yards. And he said he's very confident he's not going to, you know, less chance to injure himself. But that's, that's a very, for once today, the, the, the field goal game, the kicking game might be uh, something fun to watch. Jeff Fedotin's with us, guys, talking about Kansas City, man. What's the plan against the Eagles? I know we, we talk about it every time we mention KC. It seems like Kelsey's unstoppable. So are the Eagles going to bracket him? I guess it gets back to if they do really try to – everybody says they'll tell Kelsey out, but nobody seems to be able to do it. Yeah, and I, I, that's, it's going to be interesting to see the game plan against Kelsey. I, I assume they get double coverage, but, man, don't you guys think that he is going to be super amped against his brother? He's going to be like just – he is going to be so pumped up. I expect them to have a big game uh, no matter what the defense of it is. Is the pressure solely on the Chiefs? You guys have been here the last few years, right? Three of the last four. Uh, Mahomes is looking for multiples now. I-, I think Andy Reid, it puts him in another category if he wins another. Pressure's on the Chiefs, right? Yeah, the pressure's on the Chiefs. Um, I-, I think it shifts a little bit that, you know, if it's if they're – trailing late in the fourth game but man is there anyone so the pressure i think is on the chief but man is there anybody cooler under pressure or better than pressure than patrick mahomes so other people might be feeling it but i think he's gonna be okay yeah i mean i I know that everybody has said a lot this week about you know let's make jalen hurts beat the chiefs make him throw the football but as you said he's he's so you know he's versatile he can do so many things but it just seems like mahomes has been there and Reed's been there, and sometimes Reed, as you said, gets a little tight with some of the play calling. But you know, yeah, but for Sirianni and for the Eagles, I mean, you, you do have all the everything stacked in your favor. But some some of these guys are doing it for the first time. I guess is my point. Maybe there's the edge to KC. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. I mean, they do have a lot of guys who have been there before. But you know, the funny thing, the Chiefs, um, the, the last time they won it, uh, Super Bowl Fifty Four, and the Twenty Nineteen season. Their defense is very different. They have uh, Derek Naughty, Frank Clark, Chris Jones. That's pr- pretty much it. I mean, they've, they've really overhauled that unit. Um, and the, even the offense, you know, the offensive line is pretty much overhauled. We talked about the receiving core. The only holdover was, was Hardman, of course. Kelsey is kind of a receiver. So there's, yes, this is a, uh, a battle-tested Chiefs team, but there's a little bit more turnover than I think people realize. It's going to be a fun game. There's no doubt about it. I cannot wait. Sunday, uh, we'll have the game for you right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Jeff, appreciate you coming on and kind of breaking it down. Obviously, do you think it's going to be a high-scoring game, yes or no? Yeah, I do. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be a close game. All right. All right, he's, re- he's he put a little more faith, Carl, a little more faith, a little bit, back on the Kansas City okay. side of the ledger for me. It's, thank it's, you. It's hard to bet against – Patrick Mahomes, man. Right. Jeff Padoten, thank you so much. Believe Network. Arthur Blank is on the way, guys. We're going to talk Falcons coming up here in just a few minutes. But that's the part, Mike. When you have a great quarterback and he's a game changer, mm. you just don't know if he's going to make that special throw or make that play like like Mahomes did when he got the first hey, down. But, look, we're believers in Jalen Hurts, and that guy is a cool dude. And, you know, he makes things happen. He's been able to handle everything. He's got more weapons than he's ever had. As you said, just give me a good game, man, please. Arthur Blank, Falcons owner, next on Dukes and Bell. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's Dukes and Bell. We are waiting. Arthur Blank, 
the owner of our Atlanta Falcons. Mike, it feels like we have so many questions, right? I mean, you know, with Arthur, he's in on all these decisions. Um, obviously, we have a new D.C., and we'll ask him about that. But, like, the big picture plan for this offseason, I'm sure Terry Fontenot has sat down, and I'm sure Arthur, you know, Smith have sat down with Arthur Blank and said, okay, this is where we'd like to take this thing. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to accomplish all of their goals, Mike, but my guess is, you know, how much can we change in one offseason? How much better can we get in one offseason? That's really the right. question, right? Yeah, first thing I'm going to – either you or I ask it, I'm going to say, you know, we all knew that the, this last season was coming, you know, and the fact you can still win seven games and you can still be competitive. And, like, we can debate, you know, the coach not going to the, the guy we wanted to see, Ritter, but it seems like – the coach you hired is the right guy. You know, I'll ask him how he's feeling about Arthur going into year three. But it just seems like this year was always the year of reckoning, which, you know, Arthur was in part responsible for. But now do you expect this, I think, like we, you, me, Falcon fans, to go back to the playoffs this year in 2023? Yeah. Does the boss, does the man signing the checks think this is a year we go to the playoffs? Well, I hope he does because I do. And, and here's the thing, too. I mean, you know, were we reckless with our spending in some situations? When you talk about how he, and I'm not talking specifically with Arthur, because, again, he's taking the advice of, of a guy who's his general manager at the time. But, Mike, reckless in trying to keep a team together that at some point you knew, you knew it needed turnover. And, you know, you take that advice and you say, okay, here are the guys we need to keep. These are the mistakes, by the way, that we don't need to repeat. Once we get to that point, we're not there yet, but hopefully we do under Terry Fontenot. And if we do, Mike, you, the, the, this thing has to continue to, to evolve and change and turn over. You can't just keep saying, oh, well, we got to keep guys, and you're overpaying right. older guys, because that got us in a lot of trouble. That's just it. I mean, that's why, you know, this year it's a clean slate. And I know a lot of guys, and we'll, before we wait on Arthur, for guys who missed it, well, we, we didn't get to it in the Falcon Report, the Saints got permission from the Raiders to talk to Derek Carr. So whatever you think of Derek Carr, that's certainly an upgrade over what they put at quarterback last year, including Andy Dalton and Jameis at the start of the season. So that's, But still, this division is so in flux, as you like to point out. It really could be a year like has happened so many times. Somebody's going to go from worst to first. Could be us. I hope it is. 404-741-0929. Lots of conversation today. i got to tell you guys, and I know we're waiting on Arthur Smith, but I'm, I'm down here at Gateway Center Arena, um, and it's funny because, you know, some of these things transcend, Mike, Sports and all these guys are professional basketball players, but one of the things they are all talking about here before tonight's contest, who's the greatest player? Right. <laughs> and these guys, some of these guys have, some of these guys have played against LeBron. We'll talk more about it because it was interesting right. to hear some of the conversation. Arthur Blank is on the line. Arthur, it's good to have you back on Dukes and Bell. We appreciate the time as Thank always. You. How are you, my friend? Well, I I am doing well. I'm uh, here uh, doing Radio Row and opportunity to listen to the commissioner's press conference this morning and uh, uh i'm looking forward to being able to come back on super bowl weekend and be playing right so uh, but it's great to be here and and uh and it's always great to hear your voice and our fans right. you guys have been a staple forever in atlanta and i appreciate your show and i appreciate all the fan support well, we were just asking, you know, before you came on, the listeners, I think Arthur, we were going to say, does Arthur Blank expect this year we go back to the playoffs? Because I know we had our sort of year of reckoning with the cap, but this is a year yeah. where the, the whole future right. of the franchise can turn. Well, you know, I, I, I think I think that's, you know, I think that's not unreasonable. Uh, I don't have, you know, quote, that expectation. I don't, you know, I, I expect our team to be better this year. Um, I think we, uh, we don't have $86 million in uh, dead money. Like we did this last year, we're going into the cap, into the free agency this year with the 
second most cap in the NFL and the 50% higher than anything I've had as an owner in 21 years. So I think we're very well positioned. We have one of the youngest teams uh, on offense and defense, third and fourth youngest right now in the National Football League. And I think our draft picks for 21, 22, both have been playing at a very high level. Um, so I'm, you know, I have every reason to be positive and optimistic. And, uh, and I have every reason to hope that, you know, and, and, and believe that this coming year, 23, will even be a better year for us. Uh, I don't want to over, you know, want to overpromise, but uh, I'd rather overdeliver. You know? Arthur, this league, you know, um, you're on Radio Row and, and talking to folks at the Super Bowl, which you've done for many years. But this league's about quarterback. And I want to know, do you believe that we have our guy in Desmond Ritter? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, based on, I would say, the time he walked into our building and on the practice field after he was drafted, he's shown great ability as a leader. Uh, he's, he's bonded well, obviously, with all the rookies. He bonded well with the, the roster at large. Uh, when it was his opportunity, when Coach Smith made the decision in December that we had to make a change, um, I think he stepped up, and I think he played well in the last four games. I think uh, two things are important to me is that he played well better in each of the games as we went along than the last one. And, and uh, number two, he didn't, he didn't throw the ball to the other team. You know, uh, that, that's a huge deal. You know, keeping interceptions low in this league is very important. Right. You only get seven or eight uh, times to, to have, a, you know, have a run with the ball, and, and you want to be able to make sure you take advantage of each one of those and not flip it back to the other team. I know over the years as an owner, we were saying earlier, if I owned a football team, I'd be a meddler. Do you get involved anymore? Are you not med- <laughs> are no, you are you no, not meddling? I, I, well, first of all, I've never been a meddler. I mean, that's you know that's against my that's against my religion of every of, of any sort. But I I never have been. But I am a fan, and I I think the only thing and a, a serious answer to the question is that uh, what I hope and what I expect from the general manager and a head coach and, and Rich McKay. Our team president, uh, team president, our president of AMBSE, uh, is that I'm aware of the decisions they're making and why they're making them, and I want to make sure that, from my standpoint, after listening to their vision, so Coach Smith and Terry Fontenot both had a very precise description of what they wanted the team to look like in a couple of years. They have followed that path, and the decision making they've made in free agency to extent, but particularly in the drafts, have followed it exactly. I think the team has established an identity this year in terms of offenses of being able to move the ball on the ground. Uh, that's in keeping exactly with what, you know, with what Coach Smith and Terry have described going back two years now. So, um, you know, I'm, what I'm looking for is leadership that's consistent in not only what, what they message, but how they make decisions. And I think these two are doing a really good job in that regard. We're talking with Arthur Blank here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Falcons owner joining us. As we talk about our team, guys, and, and Arthur said it when he came on, it, it, we're going to get back to a point where we're playing in a Super Bowl, and hopefully it's, it's yep. pretty quickly here. Arthur, um, what do you feel like we need to improve on as you watch this season play out? We did a lot of yeah, good things. I, I, yeah, well, we, we did a lot of good things. I would say, number one, we need a little more balance on offense. We've got to be able to throw the ball a little better. We have some great receivers in Kyle Pitts and, and, uh, and Drake London and and others, but particularly those two guys and, uh, and, and Patterson and what have you. Our running backs, Tyler Algier, Algier did a great job receiving this year as well as running the ball. Uh, but particularly, I think, on, on, on defense, um, we have to move up to that, you know, to that top half. Uh, I think being down where we are right now, I think it's a, 
it's a reflection really of the fact that we, we haven't been able to invest and keep some of our own, own best players over the last three, four, five years, which I think we have the ability to do now. But you don't have tap room, you don't have the ability to sign your own, which is like having children and then having them leave you because you can't keep them. You know, that's not a good thing. Anybody's a parent listening understands that. So you want to be able to take care of your own children first. It is. Arthur, I think we're in a position now to do that. It's Arthur Blank. I sort of cut you off, Arthur, the uh, the boss of the Falcons, the owner. Arthur, your legacy is secured between the stadium and the soccer team and obviously your stewardship of the Falcons. But do you ever, like us, sit back sometimes when you're, I don't know, you're kicking it around and you go, man, that Super Bowl still just drives me crazy five, six years ago? Well, I, I if I spend time thinking about it, uh, you know, it would drive me crazy. But I don't really, I mean, I don't really. It's the kind of situation we went we went through. I think we learned from it. Uh, there were things that we came out of came out of that Super Bowl and learned certain things that we'd have to do a little bit differently going forward. And I think we're moving in that direction. But you know, you, you learn from the past. You spend as little time in the past as you can. You learn from it and you move on. Um, and, and you make plans for the future based on what you've learned in the past. And I think you know, after 21 years as an owner, I've become, I think, even wiser in terms of the decision making that has to be made at the club level and decisions we have to make with our personnel and, and, the, and the kind of leaders that we need. And I think we have to do them in place right now. So I'm, um, I'm, I'm feeling very good about where we are and, um, and we'll, you know, we'll go take it from there. Who's the uh, owner around the league that you can fight in or that you maybe talk to? Um, I know all of you guys talk at the owners meeting, yeah. but, is there someone yeah, that we you've do. had as a mentor yeah. or maybe over your last 21 well, years that you've kind of counted yeah. on? Yeah, I would say the guy probably I talk to the most is Robert Kraft. But, you know, I mean, I, I, I have a lot of respect for Jeff Lurie, who's playing Sunday, as Eagles are. Uh, I really have a lot of respect for a lot of the owners, uh, for, you know, for different reasons, for different things. And, you know, I, I, um, I'll uh, get opinions from lots of people on different things. We have decisions making, decision making at the league level and, and, uh, uh, certain people are, you know, you, you go to more on certain issues than others. But uh, the league works well as a, you know, as a partnership. And I think it's it's very important to always remember, I think, for our fans to always remember that this league is really a partnership between the owners of the league and our players. You know, the players are our partners. Uh, and the success of the league, which is at, in terms of an all-time high, um, really speaks well to, you know, the league, speaks well to the teams, and speaks well the players who continue to perform on the field at the very highest levels. It is Arthur Blank with us, guys. We don't get a chance to talk to Arthur that often, so we're enjoying talking to him live from the Super Bowl out in Phoenix. Thank you. We love Arthur Smith and our time with him. I mean, I know uh, we knew the results were going to take a minute, but I like the fact he seems like a straight shooter. There's no nonsense. Is that why you hired him? No. Well, I think that's one of the reasons. I mean, I I think there there are a lot of reasons, but I – I, I uh, would sum him up in terms of his character very much the way you just described, Mike. I think he's a, he is a straight shooter. He's honest with the players. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't miss words. He doesn't. Uh, they're not confused about you know uh, culture. He's not confused about style of play, the system he wants to follow. He's not. I mean, he's he's very straightforward with them. Um, and I think that you know I mean that's that's kind of who he's who he is. And I think. You know, to a certain extent, and I've said this to him, I think he's probably a little bit of a reflection of his father, who was the chairman founder of FedEx. And, you know, he's he's been around uh, dad and mom, but uh, family has made, you know, business decisions and personal decisions for a long time in the right ways. So uh, he's got a lot of humility, uh, but he's really smart.
after um, you, you hired Terry Fontenot, um, you've always kind of been ahead of the curve when it comes yeah. to diversity in the NFL. Obviously, we start yeah. talking about black head coaches and specifically black general managers in the league. And I'm just curious, as you hear Roger Goodell take on these questions today and over the last few years, how do you feel about where the league is and its hiring practices? And we know, again, yeah. that you've done your part in trying to bring yeah. it to the forefront, but where's the league and yeah. how do you feel about it? Well, I, I, I think if you look at it you know, from 30,000 feet or 5,000 feet, I would say over the last number of years, the league has made real, you know, real progress, certainly at the league level. Uh, certainly at the club's level, uh, hasn't been so true at the head coach level. We still have only four minority head coaches, uh, but we do have, and this is very, very important. And both of you who understand sport and the nature of it understand we have nine, uh, we have nine minority presidents now of 32 in, in the NFL. We have uh, nine general managers, eight general managers of color now in the NFL. So the fact that the, that the team, if you will, that's going to be, you know, determining who's on the list, who should we interview, who should we consider for head coaches in the future, will be a much stronger, diverse camp, a much stronger, diverse group of people doing the interviewing, et cetera, and advising the owner. I think long term, that's going to be very important for the trends that we all were looking for. It is urgent. So there, yeah. Go ahead. There's absolute progress, but there's always work to be done. And in this area, that's no different. There will be work to be done. But there's real progress you can see over the last several years. While we got you on the horn, Arthur, we really we just yeah. talked about the management. We really enjoy the relationship so far with uh, Garth Lagerway, and that's another guy who seems like a straight shooter and a real guys guy. I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear you, Mike. Yeah. Was, that, was that Ryan yeah. Nielsen? Yeah, yeah. Probably, actually, no. Yeah. Talking, I, I think that Ryan. Okay. I think Ryan's cut out of the same cloth that uh, you know that Coach Smith is. Um, you know, I mean, Coach Smith believes strongly we have to have a strong offensive line, and we did this year. Uh, you know. We had a really great offensive line. They played very well, both in rushing and in terms of pass protection. And um, I think Ryan feels the same way. We have to have a you know defensive line, a defense that that's going to stop stop people. Period. Whether it's a three-four or four-three or whatever it may be. And obviously, six years in New Orleans, that his record speaks for himself there. And uh, and we know him well because we had to play against him for six years. So uh, I, I think it'd be a great combination for Coach Smith. Arthur, before we let you go, I'm just curious. How yeah. much has Yellowstone helped out your Montana ranches, the TV, <laughs> the TV show? How much has it helped? Well, actually, I love Yellowstone. I love, I love, uh, I love all the all the supplemental shows they've had coming out of it, and, right. and uh, it actually looks a lot like that. It looks a lot like the area where our ranches are. But um, you know, people moving to Montana like crazy. So uh, right. I'm not sure it's the show. I think it's probably the geography and the people and people just looking for, you know, place to think. Right. I think, uh, you know, people today are so stressed that they need more calmness in their life, a little more peace in their life. And I think, you know, those ranches give them an opportunity to enjoy all that with their families. Okay. Awesome. I got to get a picture of Arthur with a cowboy hat. I want to see some of that car looking like John yeah. Dutton. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Arthur, okay. thank you so much. All right, guys. We Thanks. appreciate yeah, you. Take care. And a lot of all of our fans. Thank you for all of your support. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, right. Arthur. Arthur Blank, guys. We'll get uh, into some of the things he said there to us. He says, Mike, he's not a meddler. We're going to discuss this when we come back. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.